there are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. The birds hadn't been fed breakfast, and the rows upon rows of cages that filled the small house on the moor rattled with shrieks of their hunger. But none of them were as grating as the shrill voice that belonged to Mina's grandmother, who sat in her bent wheelchair, screaming her granddaughter's name. The dented kettle on the stove added a piercing wail to the terrible symphony, and a cold blob of rainwater dropped from the leak in the ceiling and landed on Mina's shoulder where it soaked through her faded blue sweater. She moved quietly through the tiny kitchen her bare feet barely making a sound against the warped wooden floor. She lifted the kettle from the red grate, filled her stained mug, and watched the instant coffee spin in a mini tornado as it dissolved. Then, she downed the still grainy liquid. This morning required caffeine as quickly as possible, even if it meant a burnt tongue. She emptied the rest of the boiling water into a bowl, and stirred in the old woman's meal until a ball of gray mush was stuck to the spoon. They still had some sugar left in a jar on the counter, but Mina didn't bother adding any. She'd learned early on that her grandmother had no tolerance for anything sweet, food or otherwise. Under the table, Mina's leg bounced with secret impatience as she lifted the gray substance to her grandmother's mouth. The old woman never seemed as interested in eating as she was in yelling. Half of the meal was spent chasing her sagging mouth with the spoon, while the rest was spent scraping the dribbled remnants off the end of her chin. There was no thank you afterwards, even though her grandmother was perfectly capable of one. Only a stale glare from the old woman's single, foggy gray eye. With the bowl in the sink, Mina mentally prepared for the next of her duties. I know, I know, I'll get to you all, you feathered beasts. She said, grabbing a satchel filled to the brim with millet and seed, and pulled a shiny gold scoop from her pocket. Usually this was her favorite part of the morning, but not today. Because you see, it was rarely silent in the house on the moor. But as much as Mina enjoyed some quiet, she dreaded it now. Because that's when she could hear something moving in the back room. She'd never seen the inside of that room and never gave it much thought until the scratching began. She'd been hearing it for days now, and each time she did, it grew louder and closer, until finally, yesterday, when it moved from the floor to against the back side of the door. With each bowl filled, the house grew more calm, and the dread in Mina's chest grew and grew. Finally, she stared down that hall that held the last three cages, her golden scoop held tight in her fist. Ever since that scratching started, these three were the last three to get fed. Because whatever was shut inside that back room, Mina had no desire to be anywhere near it. 
So she took as much time as she could, but all too soon, there was only one left. She'd never been so close to skipping a bowl, to leaving one of the birds hungry and squalling, but she just couldn't do it. She scooped the last scoop, and then came the accursed piece. Mina held her breath and did her best to tread lightly and prayed that the creaking floorboards would not betray her. She turned and took a few steps down the hall, but she soon found her escape blocked by a figure she hadn't seen standing in the ten years she'd been in the old house on the moor. You knew this was coming. It comes for us all at some point, her grandmother said. Whatever Mina sensed from the room at the end of the hall, the birds must have felt it tenfold. As even the most rebellious of beaks stayed closed to make way for the sound of the scratching from the something clawing down the length of the door. The golden scoop slipped from Mina's trembling fingers and clattered by her bare feet. That's when the doorknob began to violently shake and every bird in the house found a new level of volume as they returned to their shrieking and squawking. Only this time, it was not from hunger. I don't want it, cried Mina, who tried to shove past the old woman, but the bones under her cold, wrinkled flesh might as well have been oak trees with roots that sunk deep into the uneven floor. It is your time to meet me, said a voice from the room at the end of the hall. They're all here too, waiting for you. And now it's your turn. The voice wasn't menacing or shrill or bird-like or human. It was something else entirely. It spoke fear, hope, hatred, and love. And all the things that Mina had always wished to feel, along with the ones that she prayed each night to escape. As whatever hand claw, talon, tentacle, or whatever manner of limb it might be, fell away back to the side of the creature that wanted only one thing. The time has come, Mina, for you to leave where you are and arrive where you are going, if you are worthy of the trip. Your mother and father are here with me now. They know you will make it. They've missed you. Don't bother with a girl, take me instead, said her grandmother who took a step towards the door, her arms reaching out. Take me, I want to go. You've already given me an eye, Eliza, and I won't take the other as you are not worthy. Mina pressed herself against the hall and watched the old woman stumble forward before crumpling just short of the threshold. The girl rushed to her grandmother's side but was swatted away as the one-eyed woman glared up at her with pure loathing and rage. Something happened then. Life came into focus, and her fear went away, chased off by the harsh reality that continuing to live as she was in that house was just as terrifying, if not worse, as facing the unknown creature in the back room. The creature that knew her name and wanted her eyes She stood and stepped over the old woman, put her hand on the knob, turned it, and entered. Inside, it looked exactly like every other room in the house on the moor, with its fogged windows and cracked paint. The only thing that was different 
was the bird that loomed before her was not in a cage. It was taller than her by a head and a half, and its dingy feathers were split and sticking out at odd angles. One of its thin legs dragged crooked behind it as it pulled itself towards her. It was an owl, as far as Mina could tell, at least mostly, because the face was all wrong as it was very much human, aside from the perfectly round orange eyes, bright and hungry. Come closer, it urged her. And Mina did. She thought about asking where she would go if the bird deemed her worthy, if she'd see her parents there, but she didn't. It is your time, the creature demanded, stretching its mouth towards her face. It is, Mina said, slipping her hand in her pocket. And yours too, I think. She'd retrieved the golden scoop from the floor, and with it back in her grip, she lunged. The worn metal edge sunk past the thin eyelids, and with a flick of her wrist... Mina freed the first orange orb from its socket, and then with a jab, she released the other. The owl-like thing screeched out in pain, its wings flapping against the hollow holes left behind. You can't take them from me, it cried out. They are where they belong. Give them back. But Mina had already stepped back through the door, and didn't look back or bother to shut it. The slick orange eyes held in her hand. She looked down at them, and even in the dim light of the back hall, she saw the faces of all who came before her, swirling in the black pupils. You ruined everything, her grandmother said from where she laid on the floor. Mina stopped. If I could have taken that thing's wings and given them to you, I would have. I'm sorry you can't fly away from this place. But it was that or the eyes and I won't leave so many behind. She then made her way through the house, flipping each cage door open as she went, and along with the birds, she hurtled away from the house on the moor, determined to see the world for herself, hoping that by bringing them with her, the ones that came before her would see it as well. Hello, everyone. In between stories, we like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For October and Indigenous Peoples Day, we decided to highlight the Native Organizers Alliance. This is a nonprofit dedicated to empowering Indigenous voices and fostering positive change. You can find out more and donate at nativeorganizing.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. This is just a really weird story from when I was in high school, with a lot of little coincidences that seem very well aligned, and it just makes it overall really creepy. Back then, I watched scary movies only because my friends really liked them. I was always freaked out by them, 
A small group of us watched the movie Signs at a friend's house. This friend lived on the outskirts of our small town right next to cornfields. After getting home from watching the movie, I was laying in bed trying to sleep when all of a sudden, right outside my window, there was a cat fight. But it was just the crazy loud yowling sounds of one cat. The other cat was my indoor cat doing the same noises at the window in the living room. It scared the crap out of me and went on for a really long time. So freaked out because in the movie, animals go crazy whenever aliens were near. I ended up sleeping in my parents' room. The next day, I was chatting with my friend whose house we watched the movie at, and there were really weird shaped footprints in the snow that came out from the empty cornfield, circled the house, and then went back into the cornfield. They were tracks that we've never seen before. We live in a rural area, and my friend, she hunted, so we know what common animal tracks look like. These tracks were super odd looking and just widely spaced out. I think the creepiest thing is the fact that even if it was a known animal track, why did it circle the house? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anodyne Vaughn and Cameron Helquaik. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gaze.